This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market, and today's episode is going to be about buying stocks on big volume moves. Buying stocks on big volume moves. That's what a lot of people go after each and every day. They look at the big gainers, the big losers. They're looking at the ones that have high volume associated with those moves. And for the email today, I'm going to call her Henrietta. And Henrietta writes, Hi, Ryan. I've been trading for about a year now and have been listening to your podcast as well as reading your Nicholas Darvis book recommendation. By the way, if you like Nicholas Darvis, I would also say pick up, and this is my favorite book of all time, Reminiscences of a Stock Operator, and it's the book that details the life of Jesse Livermore, who a lot of people consider to be the greatest trader of all time. I don't know if he's the greatest trader of all time, but that's one of the greatest trading books of all time. There are so many anecdotes, so many sayings that will shape and influence your life as a trader. I would highly recommend going out and reading that book. Henrietta continues, I've been scanning stocks for high volume and have had both wins and losses getting into stocks that were surging in price with high volume trading and wins and losses getting into stocks that were tanking in price with high volume trading. I don't do any shorts. What are some key indicators you look for in high volume trading to know if it's a good buy or not? Thanks, Henrietta. Thank you, Henrietta, for the email. And what am I drinking? And if you go back to the previous podcast episode, you'll remember that I said I was going to be drinking Kirkland's bourbon in both podcast episodes. The last one was bottled in bond. This one is single barrel Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, non-chill filtered. So this is a 60 percenter with 120 proof. This is freaking strong, guys. And it's not the easiest one to drink by itself. But believe it or not, for 60 percent, it's not all that awful. I feel like there's a fine line with 50% I always like the best, but when you start getting into like 60, 65%, there is a lot of burn associated with those particular bourbons. This one here to the nose, it smells like dried fruits. To the taste, you get a little bit of caramel before you just get hit with a very strong spice. Very hot. Let me tell you, it burns going all the way down the esophagus. In fact, I started feeling like I had anxiety issues as I was digesting it. However, it is great for old fashions. I was hoping that the bottled and bond would be great for old fashions, but it wasn't. The single barrel is really good for it. You got to remember though, like I've always used Knob Creek nine year, which is 50% 100 proof. This is 60% 120. So it's going to be much stronger. So you got to be careful about how much you drink of this stuff. It's definitely one of those old fashions on a Friday night. And you definitely don't want to make this an everyday sipper either because you run the risk of having to check yourself in somewhere. And you don't want to do that either. 
But yeah, this will be great for old fashions for Manhattans, but definitely not a everyday sipper. I mean, it's a hard one to digest. The Bottled and Bond is an everyday sipper. This one isn't. I would give it a 7.4 though. I think it's pretty good. I think it's got a good taste, even though it gets overwhelmed by the, the heat and the spice. Kind of like ordering fresh jalapenos on your chipotle bowl or your bowl from Moe's, and then you don't realize how hot those jalapenos actually are. This bourbon falls in that category. It just it comes across very, very hot. So more of a mixer than I would consider it just something you drink neat. And if you're determined to drink it by itself, maybe throw an ice cube or two in there. The 7.4, pretty respectable, especially for a 60% bourbon. I mean, that's hot. So one of the interesting things that Henrietta talks about is that she's scanning for stocks on high volume trading, has had both wins and losses getting into stocks that were surging in price with high volume trading and also those tanking on high volume trading. If you're getting wins and losses off of stocks surging on high volume, one of the questions I would ask you if, if you're seeing your losses pile up versus the amount of profits that you're taking in, and let's say you have like a 40% win rate or a 45% win rate, or let's be even more optimistic and say it's over 50%, but you're still taking on more losses than profits, then I would go back to your risk reward on each individual trade. How much risk are you taking on an individual trade? Are you being overly patient with the setups? And I think especially intraday, you got to be very, very patient for the right setup because a lot of times people will start trading off of these one-minute charts or two-minute charts, and they'll see almost the start to a bull flag pattern. And as soon as it starts to shoot back up, they'll buy into it. And then they'll realize it was never really a bull flag pattern. It was just a pause before it kept shooting higher. And then it tanks and they wish they never got into it. There's a lot of false signals, especially when you're trading on intraday charts of like five minutes or 10 minutes or 15 minutes. You got to be very, very careful that you're not jumping in too aggressively. I would say even more so with intraday trading, you got to be more patient. You got to let the trades develop. You got to let the charts develop because when people look at the intraday charts, they're often just looking at how much there is in gains. If they're seeing this thing gap up, remember your biggest volume surges in stocks tend to happen with companies that are experiencing a big news release or a big upgrade or something big that just happened. Maybe it's an FDA approval or a new product coming out and they will gap up 10, 15, 20%. And if they start to fill the gap, they can immediately create a lot of bag holders. And you don't want to be one of those people that just jump in because you're seeing it already trading up 10% higher or 15% higher. And you think that, well, it's probably going to go to 25%. So I'll jump in now. A lot of stocks fade those opening moves. And you've got to be very cautious about that. So that's where the reward to risk ratio comes in. You've got to let the patterns develop because the more you let the patterns develop, the better you'll be able to judge what the reward to risk ratio is. If you let a good bull pattern play out over 15 or 20 candle bars, and I'm just throwing that out there, that's not an exact number that you need to look for. But if you're letting a bull flag patiently play itself out where it becomes very obvious and you play the breakout, there's a better chance that that stop loss will hold versus if you were just taking a flyer on a stock that might be bull flagging on a one minute chart You're looking at three candles and saying, hey, that looks like a bull flag to me. Let's play that breakout only for it to reverse course on you. The more patient you are with your intraday setups, the more ability that you will have to define the risk aspect of the trade. And that's the most important thing you can do as a trader. And then you can start looking at on the daily chart, where is there the reward potential for this thing to run to? Is there some resistance at a specific price level? Is there a declining trend line that it might run into? You want to look for those things on the daily chart. Even if you're basing your trade setup entries on an intraday chart. 
Uh, Henrietta also talks about trading stocks that are tanking with high volume trading. Now, that scares me a lot because that usually involves trying to catch a falling knife. And so why are stocks usually tanking on high volume? Unless it's a huge market sell-off, even then it can be trying to catch a falling knife. But huge market sell-offs on an individual stock is usually because of some very, very bad news that came out. And yes, maybe they'll buy the dip. If it's like Apple or Google or Microsoft or Facebook, people just love those stocks so much that oftentimes you could say that Armageddon's around the corner and these stocks will dip and then see the dip buyers come right back in to prop the stock back up into the green. But most stocks are not like that. And unless you're waiting for a very good base to develop on the intraday charts, you're more than likely just trying to catch a falling knife, hoping that it'll find a bottom somewhere between where you get in at and to the point of where it's the most amount of pain and you can't take it anymore and you got to get out for a mega loss. I often feel like trying to catch intraday falls is a little bit of an undisciplined approach to trading. If you're going to try to catch a bottom in the stock, stay away from that first day where it's just completely tanking. This is my approach, at least, to trading these stocks that are falling apart, whether it's post-earnings or a major news announcement that I think, oh, maybe that's an overreaction. I'll still let it sell off that first day, and I'll wait for it to develop some kind of a basing pattern on the daily chart, not an intraday chart, but on the daily chart over a four- or five-day period at least. I want to see off of a key price support level it try to base and then break out of that base. Now, if it's a pullback to an existing trend line, I will wait to see whether or not it bounces first and then try to get in the following day. So price level supports are usually horizontal levels. Rising trend lines are support levels that continue to increase in price over time. And so depending on what you're trying to trade, if it's a price level support, I like to wait for a little bit of a base there. I like to see it trying to get its act back together. I'm not so much necessarily trying to just buy a V-shaped bounce, but off of a trend line. I prefer it to try to base a little bit around that trend line, but if it just bounces over the course of a couple of days, I'm not all that opposed to buying a bounce off of a rising trend line, but it has to be on the daily chart. I'm not going after like things on the five minute chart because those can easily be broken. The further back you go in time, whether it's like a weekly chart, a monthly chart, a yearly chart, or a daily chart, those are much more difficult support levels to break. The further you go out, a weekly chart is much more difficult to break a support level on than on a daily chart. You go to an intraday chart, a one-minute chart is going to be very easy to break as opposed to a daily chart or a five-minute chart or a 30-minute chart. And the reason why I know that she's trying to catch falling knives is because she says she doesn't do any shorts. So if she's trying to trade stocks that are tanking in price with high-volume trading, she doesn't do any shorts. She's trying to catch a falling knife, plain and simple. So she asks, what are some key indicators that you look for in high-volume trading to know if it's a good buy? Well, it doesn't always come down to indicators. I know a lot of people are out there looking at the RSI and the MACD, and I have them up on my charts, but I really don't even look at them that much. Stochastics, I look at some just to see how overbought a stock may be or oversold or to what extreme that might be. But even then, that plays a very small role in my trading. Most of the time, it comes down to price and volume. If a stock's trying to bounce off of a support level, it's formed a nice base, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to give it a look. Again, being patient with trades is key. Traders will get themselves into the most trouble by trying to ape themselves into every kind of move that the stock market makes. And you just don't want to be one of those people that are always trading with the crowd. And the crowd's the one that are looking at what are the biggest gainers on the day? What are the biggest looters on the day? And they're making their trades based off of that. Rather than keeping just a watch list of stocks that you follow each and every day, stocks that have caught your interest from running scans four or five times a week, 
and saying, hey, you know what? Most of these stocks, I probably won't trade, but they're stocks that I'm watching for potential trade setups. Most of the trades on my watch list, I don't trade. These are stocks I think have the potential to be traded, but not necessarily have to be traded. But if the right trade setup comes along in them, then I am going to take that trade. But just because you see a stock that's up 15, 20% today doesn't mean that you have to make a trade on that. And you want to be patient that if you're going to trade off of those intraday charts, make sure that the patterns are very, very obvious, that you're not just taking a flyer that I hope it goes from 15 to 25% of the day so I can make an extra 10% on a particular stock. Because most of the time you're going to lose. And then when you start losing, these things can reverse on you really hard when they're news driven. If they reverse hard on you, then are you going to have the discipline to take the stop loss? Are you going to have the discipline to get out of the trade? And the only way you really do that is by mapping out your reward and risk levels before you ever get into the trade, knowing where you're going to get out at before you ever get in, particularly to the downside, because you should always assume that every one of your trades are going to wind up in a losing situation, and you want to have a plan for how you're going to handle that if that's the case. Speaking of reward and risk, though, SwingTradingTheStockMarket.com talks about reward and risk on all of its charts. It talks about price support. It talks about resistance above. You're going to want to check out swingtradingthestockmarket.com. That's all of my market research each and every day. You're going to get updates on all the FANG stocks, on all the indices. You're also going to get updates on my master watch list that I send out each and every week before the start of the week. And you're going to get updates on all the stocks that I'm watching each and every day, plus some of the most intriguing charts that I come across on a daily basis. So check that out, swingtradingthestockmarket.com. And if you have any questions, keep sending them to me, ryan at shareplanner.com. Make sure that you're leaving a five-star review because that is what continues to fuel this podcast and to allow me to be able to provide you with two of these each and every week. Keep sending them to me. Keep leaving those five-star reviews. And God bless you all. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePointer Trading Block where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to shareplanner.com slash trading block. That's www.shareplanner.com slash trading block. And follow me on Shareplanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at ryan at shareplanner.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon. 